Hey everyone, welcome to Neighbor Science, the only podcast about political economy and anime. I'm your host, Ryan Salisbury. I think we've made an announcement of this on the Twitter account, but uh, Chris is going back to grad school, so he will not be uh, on the show very much anymore. Uh, so it's going to be me and a uh, rotating uh, cast of hosts. Uh, so today we have my friend Josh Burke. Hey, Josh. Howdy. Uh, so uh, we are kicking off uh, something I like to call Mecha Madness, and it's just going to be a bunch of episodes about uh, different mecha anime. And so uh, we have to start, of course, with uh, the... I don't know, the the, the grandfather of uh, modern mecha anime, I would say, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Just for an intro to Gundam, if you've somehow never heard of Gundam before, uh, congratulations, uh, first of all. Um, so Gundam was an original anime created by Yoshiyuki Kilimal Tamino starting in 1979. Uh, so it was inspired by the uh, powered armor from Starship Troopers, the uh, Robert Heinlein novel. Robert Heinlein, right? I think so. Um, Heinlein, I think. Heinlein, okay. <clears throat> um so, Josh, what is uh, what's your experience with the original Gundam series? Um, I actually saw it on uh, Toonami. Nice, nice. Back in the day, and it, it got canceled because of a little thing that people may have heard of called nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> because they, uh, if you've never heard you- of nine eleven, uh, that is when uh, Bush uh, got Saudi Arabia to fly some planes yes, into some towers. Yes, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Uh, it, it was actually scalar howitzers, <laughs> but yeah, no, I've never heard that um, one. <laughs> oh, dude, I well, because I was also on Above Top Secret back then too. So same, but I still, uh, I guess I didn't read the forums enough. Oh, I was all over them, man. Like John <laughs> Titor was around back then, like right, right, right. Who has a cameo in Steins Gate? But yeah, um, I still haven't done an episode on that. <laughs> I, I keep trying to watch it, and I'm like, oh man, I'm so confused because I want to like play on my phone while I'm watching it, but you can't really do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got like you got to do the subs, and yeah, you got to yeah. do the time for the subs. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I have the right stuff release of the original series, and that was uh, that's kind of a problem with it because it's subs only. But that's kind of good because the original dub is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, I was watching. Um, I basically watched like a couple episodes from a ton of different series. I didn't get to all of them, but uh, the first couple episodes of uh, the original Mobile Suit Gundam, the dub is very, very bad. Uh, the, yeah, it's like, the line oh, I remember was, "Oh, what." You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, there was this a Zaku pilot. He was like, The enemy's mobile suit! It started to move and fire back! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was probably Slender or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really bad. Um, but, you well, know, and also, still like, a classic Char's, show. <laughs> Char's voice in the original dub, or in the original, like, Japanese, is just so fantastic. I don't yeah. know if you've heard it, but, like, he just has this amazing kind of smoky voice. And was incidentally uh, an old actor who was trying to break into voice acting because he had kind of run out of jobs as an actor. Uh, so let's see a little more background on Gundam. So the the thing that made it really unique was, uh, you know, b- before Gundam, uh, your basic Super Robo series would be like, you know, 
an ultra powerful robot that fights aliens or monsters or whatever. Uh, and it'd be but, like it'd be like a kid with a wrist rock, a wrist yes. fan that would that would call <laughs> yeah. in the robot. It would burst out from underground and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gigantor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then with uh Gundam it's uh taken on more of a military drama type feel. So uh the antagonists are other other humans with super robos, uh sometimes sometimes the super robots uh usually with uh very weak robos that get destroyed instantly by the main character um well and i i'd say that that is another very big difference of gundam is it's very technically oriented like they talk about yeah, like gundam laser links on my bookshelf <laughs> yeah they talk about like laser links and you know the zakus and the gundam all have reactors in them like there's no magical power source and of course, yeah, they'll get, well, there get is, it. but still, <laughs> they they try to well, explain yeah, it at least. <laughs> it's the MacGuffin. It's the Manofsky yeah. MacGuffin. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say it started the trend of like uh, showing the internals of of the Super Robos. Um, I'm currently reading uh, Five Star Stories, and that's that's why. Oh yeah, in there they show a lot of the internals, even though like those robots are even more magic. You know, oh like yeah, the, the S laser machine uh, engine it produces two trillion horsepower. <laughs> that was that was basically that mecha designer going nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't remember that guy's name, but he also designed the Hayushiki. I'm pretty sure. Oh, nice. Yeah, cool. and did um, L game, which yeah, does look kind of similar. I guess, huh? Yoshiyuki Tomino directed L game. Huh. Um. So if you've never watched a single Gundam series, uh, there are a bunch of different universes. Uh, they are denoted by the calendar they use. Uh, so the main one uh, that most of the series take place in is Universal Century. This is the original uh, calendar. Uh, it started in, what was it, like 2179? Actually, it started? that... That depends. So originally it started in 1969 with the moon landing. Oh, okay. And because, you know, NASA had all these ideas for stuff that was going to happen. This all goes back to like. So this would be Gerard taking place Kale. in like, what, 10 years? Yes. <laughs> <The original? laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Damn, but of course. Elon must better get to work. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I, actually, I hope he doesn't. But um, <laughs> we're going to have to call him. We're going to have to call him Mus- Muskovsky particles. Yeah, Muskovsky's um, <laughs> Muskovsky particle interference, <laughs> but um, but that's sunrise. When, that's when the particles call you a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, they aren't blocking out radio waves, so obviously they're pedophiles. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that was that. That's a thing where Sunrise kept moving it forward. So I think it does start a hundred years from now. So okay. it is like a hundred twenty-one seventy-nine. Something like that. It's like Star Trek years. You know? So Elon Musk, if you're listening to this, um, you have you have a bit of time, so you can relax now and stop reading fucking Popular Mechanics, man. Like, yeah, and and also you find some better websites. <laughs> yeah, we all That's know not actionable anymore because now we know that <laughs> <laughs> you could just say that. <laughs> yeah, pretty we, cool. We, we all know about you and Grimes and your child sex ring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh so in the universe so anyway the main story is uh you know 
uh, Earthlings spread out into space. They establish space colonies at uh, Lagrange points uh, called sides. They're like clusters of colonies called sides. Um, yeah. And uh, humans uh, have been living out there, and and a bunch of them, in, a bunch of these space noids, the people living out in space colonies, uh, decide to get together and become space Nazis and uh, try and uh, uh, separate from the Earth. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the, uh, the group is called Xeon and, uh, they, they keep returning, uh, throughout different series, um, or they splinter off into other groups. Um, is, uh, I think Zanscare is, is like a far off descendant of Xeon, right? Kind of. Well, well, it's more really born of space noid dissatisfaction with the Earth Federation. Right. So you have these. They're, they're mad about taxation without representation and that kind of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, they're they're mad because they're being exploited for resources and don't get to see any of the fruits of the profits. Right. Right. So uh, you have you have a bunch of those. Yeah. So just a couple of the other timelines. Uh, there's Correct Century, which is uh, in Turn A Gundam, which is uh, where the world is not depressing and. Uh, the uh, giant robot using civilization uh, moved house to uh, the moon. Um, there's After Colony, which is the Gundam Wing universe, probably the one that most people are familiar with. Um, very similar uh, s- general story to Universal Century, except the Gundams are a little bit more magic, I would say. Uh, and more child soldiers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and they're all hot. That Also, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of, uh, different timelines. Uh, there's a whole category on the Gundam wiki if you're interested in looking at those. Well, um, and, um, so an interesting thing about the timelines is, uh, turn a actually takes place in the UC, the universal century timeline. Um, like so the same does, universe, but different calendar. Yes. Yeah. Cause well, and that's one of the things in it. Like if you've watched the whole series, they have like the forbidden library, where they tie all the series together and it's like, Oh, Oh, well they all took place over the same time period. Yeah. I watched a few thousands of years. I really liked where it was going. Um, but I wanted to, uh, get in a bunch of others, but I I am definitely going to go back and watch turn a, I think. Yeah. Cause Uh, I think turn a takes place like 3000 years after Gundam, (laughs) (laughs) something ridiculous Uh, like that. Well, since we're already talking about it, uh, we can just start with turn A. Um, so it's basically like a, a big steampunk action adventure. Um, a lot of the other... Well, okay, well, before we get into that, can I say Rip Sid Mead? Sid Mead was the... Sid Mead uh, did the designs for Blade Runner. He did... Oh, a, right, him, yes. Yeah, he did a lot of futuristic designs, and he also did the mecha designs for turn A. Yeah. Yeah, that's so like, one unique thing about the series. Um, it kind of makes it look uh, like very different from the other Gundam series because they had this other mecha designer who came from you know the Western style. Well, and I like that because you have that kind of Western futurism mixed with steampunk and like biplanes and shit. Like it's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. God, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for you, but like. Uh well, usually the way we do things on this show is we just spoil everything. Uh, okay. 
Well, at one mainly point, because we tend to talk about like older stuff. Um, yeah, but also like I don't I don't think like knowing what happens ruins a good piece of media. You know, well I feel good, that way too. Good to watch either way. Yeah, I feel Unless that way too because it's like you yeah. want you hear about something and you want to know how that happened. Right. So, like for instance, at one point, um, a bunch of the Earth people who are all steampunky and from like Texas, apparently, <laughs> um, which I'm from Texas, so I can I can relate. Um, get drunk and try to float home to Earth in whiskey barrels. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that does sound pretty Texan to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd try it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so one of the things about Tomino is. He was pretty consistently depressed, uh, so a lot of his shows are very dark. So Turn A Gundam was like his attempt to make one that wasn't like grim, dark, and depressing, and all that stuff. So it's a like a big steampunk action adventure, and it's basically about uh, space Israelis trying to colonize space Palestine. Um, if you never got into Gundam because of its like super robo or military drama or grim elements, I think this is a good series for you uh, because yeah, it's like more. It's more like a Star Wars like action adventure type thing than like the rest of the Gundam series is, I would say. Yeah, you even have the the boy from the farm landing on Earth and being like yep. <laughs> I'm gonna take over everything now. <laughs> <laughs> well no, actually he doesn't. I I like Lauren. He's he's like he's a very gentle guy. Um yeah. but yeah, no, that that's one of the weird things is like, so space Israelis, I don't know if I'd say that. So which are the space Israelis, the moon people or the, the moon race? People? Yeah. Well, I, okay. Yeah. I can kind of say, it. yeah. Cause they come down and they try to take over everything. Yeah. And they build a border fence and they even one have the, like yeah. kind of a Zionist outlook that we are, we are owed this land. Yes, exactly. They're like, Oh, well our people were here thousands of years ago. And it's like, well, you're not here and now, I, are you? And the local Texans <laughs> That's why are like, we're having this issue. <laughs> and the local Texans are like, here, have some biplanes. I love that because it's like, if you look at the, they show the map and it's obviously the U.S. And they're like, in like Mississippi or something and like going into Texas. And I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> We're going, we, we got one of these white dolls. We're going mudding today. <laughs> yeah. Get um, off my land, Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also a subplot that I think fans of our show will appreciate, which is that uh, Lauren, oh, yeah. uh, the main character, becomes known to the moon race as Laura uh, and <laughs> swaps gender for the role. And so Lauren trains to be a girl. <laughs> And wears a dress to a ball and dances around and has his hair done up all nice. And uh, it's very pleasant. It's a nice little plot line. So at one point in Double Zeta, they uh, try to go to this colony called Shangri-La. Mm -hmm. And the main guy running it wants all the women for himself. Like he has a harem. And so all the main guys dress as women. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they all talk about how ugly judo is who is the main <laughs> character as a woman and uh how cute eno is or lino is <laughs> and so judo gets upset with lino because they think he's cuter as a woman so, so I, I tomino's done that part. 
I haven't gotten to that part yet, but um, I, I'm guessing since it's the same director, it's not uh, too much different in tone. But like one of the reasons I liked this thing in turn A was like it wasn't the joke wasn't like, ha ha, Lauren is in a dress. That's gay. Uh, it was like, ha ha, oh, Lauren's oh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, they think that he's a girl, so he's just going to be a girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's how Tamino does things. He actually has, like, maybe the first trans representation in media, mm-hmm. which is in Zeta, um, uh, Camille, which is a boy's name. Uh-huh. His uh, father is in love with a woman and cheating on his mom, who is actually a trans woman. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is in, like, 1983. I totally missed that part of Zeta. I, I haven't watched it since I was probably 21, so like nine years ago. Um, <laughs> oh, so, so you're my That's age, not something yeah. I would have noticed. <laughs> well, they, they expand on it in the background that she's actually okay. a trans woman. And um, that's kind of interesting. Like, you, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal, but it's like, it kind of is because it's 1984 and there's like trans representation in there. <laughs> So yeah, I again I didn't get too far into turn A, um, so I've only seen a little bit of it. But uh, I also really liked the the scene where the border fence put up by the moon race um, yeah. there was conflict between the Earthlings, like like they were united before, and then they put the fence up, and then suddenly they're like arguing through the fence over whose fault the scarcity created by the moon race was. Yeah, because um, it's like it's like. Um... It's like, well, you allied with the Rune race. We were all allied before. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, they literally just used a robot to put a fence up. And then yeah. like, drove everyone against each other. <laughs> and then everybody's starting to kill each other just because of that. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting take on uh, some some political conflicts. And, and uh, Lauren, as a character, uh, at least up to where I've watched once a two state solution uh, to the space Israel space Palestine conflict, which I don't think is wrong there. You know, yeah, yeah. You kind of hammer it out. Like as long as the space Israelis are willing to accept it, um, you know, space Hamas is is fine with it. Yeah. That's the whole thing. (laughs) Oh dude, wait till you get when they go into space and they go to like Mexico and there's like Aztec ruins around a space elevator. <laughs> so this this is real Mexico, not space Mexico. This is real Mexico. This isn't okay. space Mexico from uh, from Mobile Fighter G Gundam, <laughs> um, which is a giant sombrero. <laughs> uh, but uh, do we want to talk about G Gundam real quick? I didn't. No, I don't know, all, man. Like it's so racist. It, it, um, it's so weird because it it makes a lot of people's favorite like favorites list of Gundam series. Like I am personally amazed that it was aired on American television. Yeah, because of <laughs> all of the racist tropes in it. <laughs> like yeah. the tic- <laughs> like Mexico has a giant sombrero in space with cactuses, Seguro cactuses growing out of it, uh, and their Gundam does it, is does that the have a horn that plays La Cucaracha because. <laughs> I, I'm there. There might be. <laughs> they may as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the theme of the tequila gun. <laughs> it's like a karacha. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, 
And of course, the American, like America, is a giant star in space with a Statue of Liberty on it, and <laughs> the the Gundam is a has a football helmet and shoulder pads that then turn into <laughs> boxing gloves. Like, <laughs> like what? I the mean, fuck if it was thinking, if it was really accurate, it would be like a tubby <laughs> middle aged guy with uh, you know, an a modded out AR fifteen. And a plate carrier. Well, okay, uh, but, so this was but in, he also, this was he also in, pees himself when he this was uh, in the early nineties. Oh, this was yeah, in true. the early nineties, so that true, that true. hadn't really happened yet. <laughs> that was more of a late nineties thing. And uh, but yeah, and Iraq has the Scud Gundam. <laughs> oh my god, which which dates it like you know because Saddam Hussein fired a bunch of Scuds at Israel, and right, yeah, so it's like. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Um, well, let's talk about uh, a good series instead. Um, so let's go back to the original. Um, so the original, it came out in 1979. Uh, I gave the background already. So w- one thing I didn't realize or that I forgot uh, watching the original was like the the colony drop thing was actually part of like the backstory of the show so like uh it it doesn't start at the beginning of the war uh for space independence it actually starts eight months into it um yeah which makes it i think pretty like a lot more interesting than if it was like the very beginning of it you know what i mean yeah yeah because um the one-year war started with the one-week war and like i don't know if you've heard of gundam the origin but I have, it, yeah, but I, I didn't know what it was, actually. It's it's made by... Hold on, I got my copy right here. One of them, anyway. It's like 26 volumes, and they're all like 30 bucks a piece, so I only have a few. Oh, you know what? I, I got a couple of those, and I, I don't know where they are. Um, yeah, I, might it's, have, I might have sold them or something. Yeah, it's Yashikazu Yosahiko, who okay. was the main character designer and keyframe artist on the original okay. series. Who also collapsed, and that's why some of the Gundams look terrible, is because Tomino himself actually drew some of the keyframes. <laughs> Which is how the fat GM happened, if you've ever seen that. I haven't seen that, but I'm sure that if I search it right now, I will be able to find it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like ridiculously bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like that, you know, because... Um, I think when comparing Gundam to other media, you should like compare it to Battlestar Galactica because they both came out in 79. They're both inspired by uh, Star Wars and Star Trek. And Gundam is obviously much superior. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say they also use the same font, but uh, I had mixed it up with Babylon 5. They both use the serpentine font. Oh, yeah. Well, Babylon I, Five. I looked that up to make the the promo thing, image for good. the show. <laughs> but yeah, and it's um, so yeah, and it's like you said in the intro when they started. You know, if you look at Yamato Battleship Yamato, uh, or Yamato, sorry, um, I've I've had some whiskey and coffee. Um, they uh, they fight space aliens. It's it's like different it's weird having you know not only humans fighting humans but it's all confined to the earth system right so it's like the moon and the earth and the asteroid belt maybe once you get to like zeta 
Yeah, I would say that like uh, the closest, uh, probably the closest modern series to like an original Super Robo. I, well, I was going to say Knights of Sidonia would be like uh, closer to the like original. Kind of. Yeah. But that's like a generation ship, isn't it? It's like out in interplanetary or interstellar space. Yeah, but they do. I, I think they do have Super Robo and they, they are fighting aliens. So, well, and okay, for like an original series, like an original anime yeah, series just like something of that modern era that people would have heard of. That's that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or Darling in the Franks, where they're fighting aliens. True, but technically they aren't. Also, <laughs> well, they're dinosaurs, but close enough. <laughs> They're, they're like space humans dinosaurs. that turn into dinosaurs. <laughs> well, and they're oil. like <laughs> space spirits that inhabited space dinosaurs. I, I don't fucking know, man. It got weird. It got weird yeah. towards the end. <laughs> anyway, kind of a Gynax feel in that way. Yeah. Um, so uh, one other interesting detail I found out about the original Gundam series was... Um, Tomino created new types to explain why Amuro was able to pilot the Gundam or why why he was piloting the Gundam. Um yeah. according to yeah, something I read. I don't know, I didn't write it down. Well, and that's that's yeah, that's that's where the new type came from, but it's it's weird cuz I was watching the movie compilations last night cuz I have the movie compilations cuz like I'm not going to watch all those episodes. Right. Yeah. Um, and the movie compilations are kind of distilled. So you have, you don't have a lot of the goofy shit like the, um, what was that one molar armor that has like a heart and arrow through it on its shoulder, which is fucking <laughs> goofy as shit. You don't have the, um, the G bull, which was oh, something yeah. the toy, ca- the toy company came up with. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Just horrible. And, um, they um they actually do uh have him like working on computers and saying that he's known as like a mecha and computer guy and that he's um yeah that's something i noticed in the first or second episode um before amuro gets in the gundam he's like looking through the manual and he says it has yeah. a learning computer well which, and like, the I weird don't thing is never coming up again <laughs> Well, actually, the manual does come up again in the movie. I don't know if it does in the TV show when he's doing the reentry. And uh, he pulls I mean, the, out uh, the fact that it has a learning computer because I, oh. I feel like for the rest of the series they like kind of just explain anything uh, that they can do is like, oh, they're a new type. They're really good at piloting Gundams. Well, they do actually bring that up. I'm pretty sure with Tim Ray at the end in the okay. third movie, Tim Ray, Amaro's father, uh-huh. is um, like. Oh, here's a part. Here's a part that will make the Gundam even better, and it'll increase the computer capacity or something oh, like that. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually just a junk part from Azaku or something. And it's like it's he's trash dad. Your brain's all rotted from from getting sucked out into space. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't save you. <laughs> it, it does make it weird, though. Like the fact that. Uh, they created they created like psychics like psychic Ubermensch uh, to explain Amuro being the pilot of the Gundam, but also I'd his say, dad made it and yeah. has a learning computer. So they could have done something like, oh, his father made it so only he could use it, or like, oh, he's a you know he's a kid, so he's like a whiz with computers. 
Well, they kind of did that where like, I mean, if in the original like first scene, Amuro is looking through a microscope at a computer chip and is working on it. And it's like, oh, well, you know, hold on. I know the the air raid sirens are going off and we're all about to die, but let me finish this computer (laughs) real quick. Yep, yep. And in the origin, he hacks his dad's computer and looks at all of the information of the Gundam. Uh Uh-huh. So that explains why he knows how to use it. And, of course, the origin is kind of like a retcon, but eh. Eh. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. I, I used to buy those um, in books a million. I would go to uh, play Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, God. They had like a Yu-Gi-Oh club thing there, and uh, I would read or buy the Mobile Suit Gundam manga. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and these are all like hardcover and like just ridiculous. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different series then. It, it was like, it was a 0079 manga and it was by someone else, but it wasn't hardcover, I don't think. Well, there are a lot of those. Like, I mean, there's like a current one that's 0083. Hmm. There's just tons of them. I was actually going to bring one up once we start about start talking about the actual politics called uh, the assassination of Giran Zabi. Because Giran is of, yeah, mm-hmm. Giran is the space Nazi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, like, well, and they actually have that scene in like towards the end of the series where Giran is talking to his dad, and his dad is like, "You sound a lot like Hitler," and he's like, <laughs> "Let me show you what a disciple of Hitler can do." <laughs> and it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of so- bad, bro. That's that is that is not a good look, friend. <laughs> Uh, so I have a couple of others uh, that we that I want to uh, touch on uh, before we get into the politics part. Um, so let's see. Gun of Victory I have on here. Uh, it was made in 1993, supposedly during the worst depression Tomino ever went through. So it's like the and... most depressing series. And he hates it and says, don't buy these DVDs because you should not watch them. <laughs> Well, and it was his big divorce, which is probably why the main villain is a patriarch. (laughs) (laughs) And they have guillotines and are trying to destroy the world with like a psychic ray. But yeah, yeah, because that was when um, I saw an interview with Tomino where he was talking about that and talking about like how terrible a father he was and just how horrible the divorce was on him. Damn. And that's, that's where a lot of that came from. That's probably why he hates it so much. I liked the series. I thought it was great. I mean, you have space biker, like battleships. (laughs) (laughs) You have, you have have a hard time getting into it because one of the, one of the things about it is the producers pressured Tomino to show the Gundam, in the very first, that first episode. episode. <laughs> so they go through the first episode and then they go back. It, it's supposed to be like the fourth, the third or fourth episode. So they start yeah. there and then they go back to the, to the yeah, and you're actual like, why start is this city burning? What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. It's just like the very first thing that happens is a pilot is shot down. And then we see like the bombed out remains of a city with like bodies sticking yeah. out of it. 
Yeah. It's just like, wow, this is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, did the producers actually think that was a good idea? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, here's a bunch of dead bodies, children. Have fun. But hey, kids, you want to <laughs> buy the toy, huh? Don't you? Don't you? Yeah. You got to step over these dead bodies first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I do well, actually. It, it did work because I did buy Gundam models from Victory without knowing what they are. <laughs> oh, dude, I did that too. And F ninety one. I have I have a backlog right now with the Verka, uh, Victory two Gundam. Nice. Um, which I'm afraid to build because I don't know how to do decals. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all water slide decals, and I don't know how to do those. Oh yeah, those are hard. Yeah, and there's like 50,000 of them because it's a version Ka, like Hajime Katoki, who was the mecha designer for Victory and like a ton of stuff. Yeah, when I was building Gundam models, I was always too clumsy. Uh, so I never got into like painting them. I could only do the stick on decals, and I usually broke them uh, <laughs> like at least one part before I finished. Uh, so, yeah. Dude, I, um, I entered them into regional model building championships and people went nuts when they saw Zaku. When nice. I was like thirteen, Holy like shit. nobody had seen <laughs> nobody had seen a Zaku before. This was like two thousand one, <laughs> two thousand two. And they just went nuts over it. Because it's like a Zaku's fucking weird looking, you know? Yeah. But it's cool looking also. So it's like, what the fuck is this thing? I I still have a a model that I haven't built. Uh, it's the only robot model that I have anymore, but of a LED Mirage from Five Star Stories. Oh, dude, yeah. And, dude, uh, yeah, I wanted those. Sweet. I wanted those so much when I was a kid because I'd see them on HLJ, Hoppy Link Japan. Oh, yeah. And just be like, oh, those look so cool, but they're like $80. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I got that one because it was actually affordable. Um, I really yeah. wanted the uh yacht mirage which is like a uh it's like a three foot tall model with like oh yeah <laughs> basically i like, can't stand on its own because it looks really badass <laughs> okay yeah we'll we'll get to the insanity of the models when we talk about unicorn because okay. uh, of the um, 144th psycho or neo Zeon. But um, talking about models, though, I actually have a scar on my thumb that has four stitches, stitch holes in it from from building a high gog from 0080 because I was I was stripping the nubs Good off choice. with a nice. uh, with an with an exacto knife and it skipped uh-huh. and went right into my thumb, God almost damn. hit the artery, almost severed my tendon. But I built the high gog, so it was worth it. (laughs) I I used to have that model as well, but uh, I put it over the fireplace in the last house I lived in, and a bunch of people (laughs) broke it. (laughs) So it was a good model, man. Yeah, it looks cool as shit. Especially like uh, if you put one of the missiles on. Yeah, looks awesome. Yeah, Um, Yeah, the arm missiles. Yes, yes. Uh, So since we're talking about that. Uh, 0080 is another one I really wanted to touch on. Um, this is actually my my favorite series out of the ones that I've finished. Um, and I would say if you've never watched any Gundam, this would be a good one to start with. It's a six-episode OVA, so it only takes like two hours, three hours to watch. Um, it follows Al Izaruha, uh, who's an 11-year-old boy who thinks mobile suits are really cool and wants to get involved with them. And, and war is cool, man. <laughs> yes. And uh, he meets Bernie Wiseman, uh, Bernie Sanders, a low-ranking Zaku pilot um, for Zeon. Actually, uh, Bernie, 
played by uh, David Hater, a.k.a. Solid Snake, a.k.a. the guy who wrote the first X-Men movie. Oh, nice. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, that's him. Yeah, so he's in Al's uh, supposedly neutral colony. He gets shot down in his Zaku, and uh, Al thinks the Zaku's really cool, so he like starts hanging around Al, uh, trying to you know help out with his squad. Um he takes like recon photos for them and finds out there's actually a Gundam yeah. in the colony. And so the rest of the story is basically uh, Bernie's squad trying to destroy the Gundam. Um, and it takes place in like the last couple weeks of the one year war. Uh, yeah, or it's months. Between, I don't remember how long it is. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, between Halloween and New Year's. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the 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 nuking, oh yeah, and there's nukes involved. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and there's a great scene where like Alfred is at like an arcade and has found out that they're going to nuke the colony, and has like a vision of the colony being nuked, and there's like a little kid that catches on fire, and like it's very grim dark, and I love grim dark. So yeah, yeah, it's like uh, you know really. F- more heavily focused on character development, I would say, than a lot of other yes. Gundams. There's, I mean, the fir- the opening scene of the series is like cool robot fights, uh, and it's really good. And uh, there's, you know, a few other cool robot fights, but it's mainly like character driven. Uh, there's a lot of use of dramatic irony in the show. Um, yeah, I mean one of the <clears throat> one of the main themes is like how pointless a lot of stuff in war is because. Uh, we find out like, you know, the colony is going to get nuked and then, uh, so Bernie, the last, as the last member of his squadron goes to, uh, destroy the Gundam and as he launches his his operation, love interest. Yes. Yes. And, (laughs) and, uh, as they, as he launches his operation, uh, Al finds out, oh, they're actually not going to be able to nuke the colony because the ship carrying the nuke was caught. So the battle is completely pointless. Uh, everyone just dies for no reason and then like the war is already ending anyway so like nothing in the show had any point (laughs) yeah uh, nothing 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 left sir but a pile of hamburger (laughs) 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 that's the bernie me (laughs) yes Um, when you like bernie bernie's a cool dude like he's he's just a nice guy yeah and i mean he's a young guy so he does he, he it's like forgivable that he doesn't have like some strong, you know, ideological opposition to anything that he's doing. It's just like, well, yeah, I he's don't just know, like, a, know, I signed up for this, I guess. So <laughs> yeah, he's just a conscript like everybody else. He, it, and McKinsey doesn't either. She's just another conscript. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, because it focuses on uh civilian instead of like, you know, uh cool uh robot pilot with superpowers um it's a lot more human than a lot of the other series um you know it focuses on very human problems uh instead of like you know stuff on a grander scale like you know human evolution to like you know the new space type ubermensch and yeah <laughs> and that kind of stuff um and yeah i, I would highly recommend it you know Same. i can't talk about it uh, too too much because again it's only six episodes and you know i don't want to just tell you the whole thing but yeah I, if you're gonna start on gundam i would recommend that one or um 
let's see. I guess maybe the original, would you say? I'd say I'd say Thunderbolt. Okay, Thunderbolt. Yeah, the the first episode of that is really gripping. Oh, the whole show, man. I got it on Blu-ray. It is so fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um what I call 0080, so I'm a big Warhammer 40k fan, right? Okay. As well as Gundam. Gundam got me into 40k, but um Building the models led me to building models of other stuff. But um, in 40K, they have what's called domestic 40K. Because you have, like, the big battles and all that shit. But you also have, like, you know, the domestic stuff. Like, the things that are happening behind the lines. Okay. And I'd say 0080 fits that profile. It's what's happening behind the front line. Yeah. You know, it's more about the characters. It's more about, you know, what's going on with them. Like, you have all these all these lines about, like, you know, uh, resources are scarce because of the fighting between Zeon and the Federation. Oh, hey, didn't you hear our colony allied with the Federation now? And it's just this kid kind of navigating this world. Yeah, and not, and a, not a as lot a of the tragedy soldier. in the other shows, <laughs> they're kind of, like, forced to move on. You know, like, yeah. uh, you know, some some important character dies and then they're like, oh, that's really sad, but we got to keep going. And in this show, like the ca- the important you. characters dying is like the entire story and it's just devastating. Yeah, because it's like you like Bernie. Bernie's yeah. a cool dude. He's you don't a want nice either of them to die, especially because you yeah. realize that there's no point. <laughs> yeah, and they work well together. You want McKenzie and Bernie to get together. Uh-huh. And then at the end, well, uh, well, spoilers, they're, they kill each other. Well, right. McKenzie kills Bernie. Yeah. They nearly kill each other. One kills the other. Yeah. Cause I, I watched it last night in preparation for this. And yeah, you have that whole scene with, uh, McKenzie leaning down to Al and say, and saying, you know, tell Bernie, I said, hi. Yeah. And like Al just starts crying and you kind of want to start crying. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I I definitely wanted to cry. (laughs) Yeah. Oh dude. And we got to talk about 0083 because I watched that last night too. And I think it's relevant to the politics. Okay. So I never got too into that one. Um, So do you want to talk about it? Yeah, sure. So 0083 takes place after the one year war, but before Zeta Gundam. Mm-hmm. So you see 0083. And what happens in it is Xeon launches Operation Stardust. The other name is Stardust Memory. Mm-hmm. And in that, their goal is to launch a massive attack against the Earth Federation. And throughout the series, again, like spoilers, I'm, I'm just going to mention spoilers because like they're kind of relevant to what we're talking about here. Um, it turns out that the Earth Federation knew about this because like Xeon nukes, they steal a Gundam that has a tactical nuclear warhead on it, which was banned by the Antarctic Treaty, which was a plot device to keep, you know, nukes from being used in Gundam. What was that Gundam called again? Because that one looks pretty fucking awesome. The GPO2. That's right. And um, so they steal that. They go They go on a tear and eventually nuke Solomon. Like hit it with a thermonuclear weapon, destroy two-thirds of the Federation fleet. 
and the ultimate goal is to drop a colony. Right. All of this was kind of sanctioned by fascist elements in the in the Earth Federation, particularly Jamatov Hyman. And yes, his name is Hyman because Tomino likes vaginal names, <laughs> like Quattro Bagina. And uh, <laughs> and um, Jamatov is kind of in charge of this and is down to have a colony attack because that means he can get more power because of the terrorist attack. And Bascom shows up in like control of the solar system that's supposed to blow up the colony, but doesn't. So it all goes awry and destroys the breadbasket of North America, which increases the Earth's dependence on the colonies for food. Interesting. Yeah, this is all like a geopolitical thing. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating stuff. But yeah, that's that's 0083. Yeah, 0083 I think has my favorite uh like overall number like in terms of overall number it has my favorite mecha designs like It does. New Azeal looks really fucking cool. That's um, that's um that's one of the GPO first series. That's uh, one of the first series where uh Katoki really they let him go and do his own thing. So nice. you have the Dendrobium and all that stuff. And the, yeah, the XAML, XAML is one of my favorite ones. It's like this yeah. giant like hovercraft with a huge howitzer on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking cool. <laughs> and yeah, the but, GPO2 looks really cool. It's got a, a giant shield that it's used that it uses to protect itself from a nuclear blast. Yeah. Um, yeah. The problem with it though is Ko. <laughs> Ko Rocky <laughs> is fucking annoying as shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like with the other with the other main protagonists, most of them are teenagers, so it makes sense that they're a little whiny and emo. Uh-huh. But like Ko is like fucking twenty and is just like <laughs> running away from shit. Like there's this scene on like Luna or whatever where he starts to drink a drink and then throws her drink down and runs away. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So I also have Unicorn on here, which um, is a UC series, but I I don't think Tomino has anything to do with it. Does he? Unicorn? Uh, No. So it it seems like it's basically a retelling of Mobile Suit Gundam, but it does, you know, it adds some stuff to it. Um, Not really, no. Like, I mean, it's it's got similar plot points, but it's more like it's definitely post uh, Double Zeta and post Charge Counterattack. I actually liked right. it because yeah, I was worried. I just worried mean like first. the basic plot points I think are are very similar to Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah. Yeah, like you know get in a kid falls in the Gundam. <laughs> right. You know. It's like but, it's like how episode 7 is like a redo of episode 4 essentially kind of thing. That's what I'm thinking. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Um uh, but like, One thing that uh, I also think is really interesting is the episodes are an hour each, so it like it kind of has more of a cinematic feel. Um, it has a lot more world yeah. building too. Yeah. Like um, one of the things I was worried about with it when I first watched it like ten years ago was um, they had all these characters introduced that are like you know these high school characters, and I was like, oh god, they're going to do like you know the typical anime of this era. 
they're going to have like a bunch of side characters and like do it as a high school thing. And nope, they all get vaporized within like 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yep, that's Gundam. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So it's like a really new one. So the, the animation quality is significantly better than almost every other Gundam series. Um, and yeah yeah it's it's really uh really thrilling i i would say um you know like it it just pulls you along really quickly it doesn't linger on anything too long at least you know the the part that i watched um so i i think i would recommend that one uh if you yeah i'd recommend it. it too i'd recommend it too it's on hulu go check yeah. it out um yeah, i was watching it Eighth MS team is also on there, which is a good introduction to the one year war and has like a Romeo Juliet thing. Yeah. So I didn't rewatch that because I watched it. I watched like the whole thing, um, in my twenties, my early twenties. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I guess it was on Toonami and, uh, yeah, I do I remember, remember that one being one. good. Um, heard- yeah, but I, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it at all. I remember that one because on Toonami, it actually, they, whatever version they put on the air had shit in it. And then they had to pull <laughs> that episode <laughs> because they didn't, they didn't catch that part of the dub or something. It was like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. That's funny. <laughs> uh, oh, God. I just didn't had you say you, brief, but I just had, didn't you say you had something life. to talk about with, uh, with Unicorn though? Um, did I? Um, or maybe well, it was with Unicorn. I don't remember. Unicorn gets more into um, kind of the politics of the Gundam world. Okay, so you we know, can segue some, into the politics then. Yeah, because like that, the whole MacGuffin of the series is a plaque from the original colony that got blown up by terrorists. That says that after a certain point, uh, space noids will get independence if new types show up. Uh huh. Which is also kind of weird because that was Ziamzum Daikun's thing like 20 years later <laughs> <laughs> from when that colony was built. So, I don't know. But they did get they did get the classic um, Stanford Taurus right. Like the original NASA design for a Stanford Taurus. Hmm. Do you know what a Stanford Taurus is? Um, I've heard of it, but I... Is it a, a shape of... Uh... Like space station that's supposed to be space a colony, point? yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The um, Gerard K. O'Neill is the guy who designed all of this stuff. Uh-huh. So, like, the original Gundam, like, s- cylinders are um, O'Neill Island 3s. Okay. Um, O'Neill Island 1s and 2s would be, like, Moon Moon from Double Zeta. Uh-huh. Um, and the Stanford Taurus is what would be the original, what did they call that? Uh, Lovelace? Okay. Laplace. Laplace. Oh, Laplace. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, that original colony is a Stanford Taurus. Okay. And like even has the mirrors, like one on top, one on bottom that are tilted that bring light down into it. Oh, one thing I will also mention about uh, Gundam Unicorn is the uh, the names of the characters are even funnier than like, yeah. normal Gundam characters. Uh, Banagher Links. Yeah, Banagher Links. 
Uh, there's a guy named Norm Basilicock, and the main villain, his name is uh, his name is Full Frontal. <laughs> Full Frontal. Oh, <laughs> I remember watching that and just being like, "Oh God, did they not? Excuse like, me? <laughs> did they not consult anybody before they made this?" <laughs> Like, but oh, Maneva, no, like, uh, like full frontal assault. Y- yeah, that's what everyone's well, going to be thinking. <laughs> full frontal nudity. Full frontal, full frontal, um, full frontal LARPer, really, because he's LARPing as Char Asnimal. <laughs> Though I do have a, a Sinaju up here. <laughs> but um, no, and Maneva shows up, which yes. I thought was cool. I recognized her immediately. I recognize, I think it's Marita Cruz who I knew immediately was a plea to clone. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what a plea to clone is in double Zeta, they had a character called, um, El Pio Poli or something like that. Yeah. That they cloned and made child soldiers out of the clones to pilot Kubelays. <laughs> and, um, so she was a child soldier at one point. <laughs> Cause that's Gundam folks. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so, uh, segueing into the politics part, uh, let, let's start with, like, how, how do we read Gundam? Uh, like, uh, so I have a couple of different readings that I have on here. I started a poll that didn't get too many responses. Um, but I think there's a couple of different ways uh, that you could read the politics of Gundam. So I'm going to start with the uh, the basic reading. Uh, the fascist reading, which is uh, the world of Gundam uh, has a world government and a literal ubermensch that mostly take the side of space Nazis. Almost all of the characters are soldiers. Uh, the space Nazis aren't criticized for their ideology so much as their actions. Um, and, but they are per- portrayed as kind of persecuted minorities despite being supposedly genetically superior. Um, and like according to Unicorn, the original space noids where poor people resettled into space by the Federation. Although uh, I have heard that the writer for that show is a, uh, to quote the person who told me this, an imperialist psycho. Uh, so that might be what? just a detail that he added. <laughs> I'll let you finish these readings, but that's like, I got some things to say about that. <laughs> um, so another reading we could do is the the communist reading. Uh, so the world of Gundam has a fully automated luxury gay space communist society. Society has liberated human potential so much that people have started to evolve into like a literal greater being. Uh, not all new types join the space Nazis. And in fact, the heroes of the communist society are often new types. Uh, the space Nazis cons- consistently start wars of conquest and attempt to do or commit massive attacks on uh, millions or billions of people. Uh, you know, killing millions or billions of people. Um, then I have uh, a couple of contrarian readings because we just have to have those. Uh, so contrarian reading number one, uh, the Fetties are the fascists, actually. Uh, Zeon just appears to be space Nazis, mostly because of aesthetics, but also because many of them believe in new types. Uh, this is akin to communists still holding the fascist beliefs of the society they were brought up in. And it doesn't actually reflect uh, on the actual Xeon ideology. Uh, terrorist attacks are the purview of uh, occupied peoples. And so you can't fault Xeon for them any more than you can fault the IRA or Hamas. 
And finally, contrarian reading number two is uh, new types don't actually exist at all. They are just competent pilots who buy into religious nonsense. The supposed brainwaves they have uh, that they uniquely have are meaningless. Uh, they are akin to you know a Scientologist reading uh, an e-meter and telling you that your thetan count is low, um, or that uh, you know you took a twenty-three and me and you have Anglo-Norse haplogroups, uh, which means you're a real genetic white person. So those are the readings that I have. <laughs> okay, Josh, what do you think about Gundam? How should we so, read Gundam? Technically, all of those things are true at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> but they're also all wrong. Um, so the thing is, um, Xeon started out, like if you watch the origin and you look at the original setting notes or you read the original novel, um, Xeon Zumdaikun is a liberatory figure. He is representing the oppressed space noids. What happens is the monarch, his close friends fucking kill him and install themselves as a monarchy. And so you you have this kind of mixture going on where it's there are fascist tendencies, but it's also very liberatory. So this is more of a Stalin-Lenin situation. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, I'd say Stalin tried. Okay. Um, because like it, in the original, like in the origin, he's portrayed as a Marxist revolutionary, but um, there isn't really Marxist tendency. His, his main focus is what are called contolism and erism. Mm -hmm. And contolism is the idea that mankind should move into space and that will evolve into a better being if we move into space. And erism is that the earth is sacred and mankind needs to leave it alone. Those are like the two main ideologies that kind of govern Zeon. And, um, so you you have all this shit going on, and also the Federation turns very hard fascist. Like, I mean, the Federation is portrayed in the original series as a bunch of aristocratic fucks who, you know, have a shitload of money and rule everything, mm-hmm. and just forced all the poor people into space. So there's only rich people left, kind of, and um. Like in the original series, if you remember Isolina, if you ever got to that yes. point, her father is actually the president of the United States. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> because the Earth Federation is basically the UN, like on steroids. So all those countries kind of still exist, all that oppression still exists, but it's all rich people, so who cares? You know, it's all rich people in control. So they don't really care about the poor people because they forced most of them off into space. Gotcha. Whereas Xeon also has that problem. Like that's, that's why I'd recommend, um, cause in the TV shows, you get more of a feel for the earth federation government and it's slide into fascism and continuing slide into fascism and another slide into fascism, <laughs> <laughs> um, is, uh, the assassination of Garen Zabi because it focuses on the Republic of Zeon, which existed underneath the Duchy of Zeon. So you had a Republican, excuse me, government underneath the monarchy that represented all the sides and was very focused on people power. Um, 
but was also kind of thwarted by the aristocracy and the major companies involved, which are like the Xeonic Corporation, Anaheim Electronics, and like that's another thing that doesn't really get focused on is the part that corporations play in Gundam. <laughs> I noticed that uh, we were watching Char's Counterattack uh, right before we started recording, and yeah, uh, yeah I noticed they made a, a bunch of critiques of corporations that are fairly easy to overlook if you're not listening closely yeah where they gave char the super weapon <laughs> yeah yeah and uh they were like oh yeah anaheim electronics makes uh weapons for both the federation and Xeon. and that's not a conflict of interest you don't think that's a problem <laughs> i don't know it seems fine to me <laughs> well because the thing is like okay so i can sum this up uh i tried to get my dad my dad who's a 70 year old boomer uh-huh. right to watch the original gundam movie compilations and he told me, I can't tell who the good guys or the bad guys are, so I quit watching it. And I'm like, that's the point. <laughs> that's, that's also a revolutionary thing about Gundam in that era is that there aren't really good guys and bad guys. There are people with competing yeah. ideals. Right. So, like, Gearing... Yeah, and I saw, a, in, I saw in, like, uh, at least one interview, Tomino says specifically he doesn't want to tell people how to read the show. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he just puts it out there. You, you make your own interpretation. Right. Um, well, but obviously Guerin is a space fascist with the whole, like, <laughs> let me show you what a disciple of Hitler does. <laughs> <laughs> but like Dozel isn't Dozel's a pretty nice guy. He's a, you know, a loving father wants to do right by his kids. He was just kind of born into it. Uh-huh. Uh, Garma's kind of a dick, but <laughs> You know, Char Char is like trying to reclaim his father's legacy, but also realizes he's kind of going off the rails, which is how he winds up being four vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> Quattro vagina. Um, yeah, I guess it, it shows like, um, you know, kind of a more realistic portrayal of politics how in people in conflicts are. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't necessarily join a side because... They're like a committed space Nazi. They join because maybe, you know, their family is, has been involved or, you know, they just got roped in or they want to help their friend who joined, who maybe is a committed space Nazi stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or you join, you join the Federation, which also isn't that great. Like, that's the thing is like, uh, you know, when you say space Nazi, the Federation is also space to say. Nazis. <laughs> like the Titans are definitely space Nazis. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they gas colonies and like, like. Okay, so their response in Zeta to a mass protest was to gas the entire colony and kill like ten million people. Jesus, <laughs> that was the Colony Thirty incident, and like. Then they do it again in the series, which is where that, if you've ever seen that meme, it says Dagnar. That comes from them putting gas canisters onto onto one of the colonies to gas it gotcha. and kill, kill like 10 million people. Yeah, and uh, there was also a character in Unicorn uh, who was saying that, you know, Federation Special Forces would get deployed to colonies and just, like, murder a bunch of people because they're bored. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that was because the ECOS or whatever it was, yeah. ECOAS, uh, were like yes. the special forces, and they just Eco-ass. kind of yeah, yeah, 
they just get kind of deployed because people were upset at that colony, so they needed to kill a bunch of them. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there are no good guys here or bad guys, necessarily. The good guys are the characters you enjoy. The yeah. good guys are the friends we made. Bernie and Al. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, and in, in Unicorn, you have kind of that pulling of the thread of kind of the entrenchment of the families that control the Federation. You know, because... Gotcha, it's, yeah. It's like kind of a neo-aristocracy. Right. As yeah, much I mean, as there's Deanna. aristocracies on both sides, too, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, I was watching the the first Gundam movie last night and they, you know, the oh, that Yashima of that family <laughs> when talking about Mirai and like, you know, that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they even carry that into uh, Wing. I was watching Endless Waltz yesterday, which uh, not as impressed Great by show. as I was when I was a teenager. To be honest, uh, but... I still am. <laughs> I still am just from the nostalgia. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the robot fights are cool. Um, I think part yeah. of the problem was I was watching the dub uh, because I was trying oh, to do right, other yeah. stuff, and the dub is very bad. Um, well, the mecha but... designs also by Hajime Katoki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely the mecha designs are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, oh, I was watching uh, After War Gundam X recently too, which I think is the same designer, um, a lot of the same crew. Um, yeah, that one's very good, actually. Uh, yeah, I like, I like Gundam X. Yeah. They have a psychic dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because in okay, so in Gundam Wing, you have the Peacecraft family, you have Zex, right? Yep. And they're all part of this neo-aristocracy. And you see that in the original Gundam, too. Like, when Zeon takes over part of the United States, you have all of these rich fucks that show up and are trying to court favor <laughs> with them. So it turns a little Game of Thrones-ish? Yeah. Well, no, because that was the whole thing with uh, Isolina. If, like, or, I guess more accurately, Game of Thrones is just ripping off Gundam because Gundam came first. <laughs> All Grimdark is ripping off Gundam. <laughs> but but yeah, because you have that, that whole scene, like all of the scenes portraying like the leaders of Earth, they're all rich fucks. <laughs> uh-huh. They're all like bloated bourgeoisie people. And um, like even into Double Zeta, when like Zeon starts to take control again, like Neo Zeon shows up. And they're just like fucking terrible <laughs> yeah i i do like um i already forget his name but the 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 main antagonist of the first part of the show he's like uh, you know a, a super chivalrous knight uh but uh what show he's like of uh double zeta and uh oh, you know, he, yeah. Guinea. yeah he's i think it's he's Guinea. really restrained he's really restrained uh in in fighting the federation but only because he's really horny for Haman Karn uh who like tells him to you know yes uh, obey a strict <laughs> code of conduct and all this stuff and and here's the fucked up part he's a cyber new type so she basically broke his brain <laughs> so that he would be obsessed with her <laughs> like that's the grim dark folks yeah <laughs> Well, uh, but yeah, so, um, 
that's the other thing about new types is wait was that me or was that you uh probably me vaping <laughs> oh okay i keep muting my mic when i do <laughs> i'm just moving away from my recording mic but i forget that i am talking through another one so yeah but yeah so that's that's like a whole thing with um shit where was i going with that um <laughs> New types is that they can be manufactured. Right. Because you have cyber new types, like four Morasame and that one that thinks uh, Camille is her big brother, even though she's like 30 and he's like Plu? nine. No, Plu was double Zeta. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she thought Judo was her big brother, but there was another one in Zeta who was like thirty, a 30-year-old ass grown woman who was like hanging on this 16 year old boy, like my big brother, <laughs> but she was also Normal. traumatized. She was also extremely traumatized by the war and then turned into a new type. She was there for the Gundam drop in 0083. Okay. So just real quick. So cyber new types, or I, not the Gundam I drop, thought, I thought they were clones, but so they can be just regular people that are forcibly turned into new types. Yeah. They do genetic okay. therapy and like implants and shit. Wow. Okay. Very grim dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she was there for the uh, colony drop, not Gundam drop, colony drop in uh-huh. uh, 0083, which okay. destroyed. Well, yeah. And I mentioned that earlier about it destroying the breadbasket, re- increasing yes. Earth's reliance. Right. Because that was a whole thing. That was like the purpose of Operation Stardust was to weaken the Earth. Did you want to talk about anything else with the politics, or should we move on to uh, reading a couple of reviews? Let's do reviews, man. I'm down for that. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to clip parts, because my anime list reviews are just absurdly long sometimes. Oh, yeah. Dude, um, they'll, they'll write like an essay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. I have one here. It is... Uh, a bad review of uh, Gundam Double Zeta, and it is by Code Blaze Fate. Interesting. Oh name. boy. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, Code Blaze Fate uh, rates it a two. Um, it starts uh, when when people think of the phrase "worst Gundam anime," there are usually a few choices to stick out in the fans' minds, including the likes of Gundam Seed Destiny which apparently is very bad. Yeah, it and is. as of now, Twilight Axis. That's one I haven't even heard of. Um, okay, um, Twilight Axis is a series of like three-minute shorts, and okay. there's like six yeah. of them. So like the whole series, like it's based on a novel that was apparently really good, but it's like, you know, they're like three minutes a piece, and there's five of them. So it's like, meh. <laughs> Um, I don't know why they did that, but yeah, they're just very, very mad. Uh, so among such lists, you might sometimes see Gundam double Zeta thrown around and it's very understandable as to both why one would give it such a label and also as to why one would defend it as something that becomes good over time. Regardless, most fans who tend who see it tend to agree that the first 20 episodes or so of double Zeta are terrible, hindering what they consider an otherwise fine enough installment. So, I mean, I watched the first six or seven episodes, and I thought it was fun. 
they okay, were doing yeah. a comedy thing. So it was like nice. Yeah. Well, no, because I like Judo in those in those episodes because he's like a fun guy. <laughs> yeah. He's not a grim, whiny teenager like the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. He's and, got a real personality. It's nice. And this <laughs> I like it. This guy's basically saying, well, after you think Lena dies, then it's okay. <laughs> because there's a, um, there's a bait and switch where you think his sister dies. Uh-huh. And she shows up at the end with Sela from okay. the original series. Yeah. Um, which is funny because like that actress would not come back for Zeta, <laughs> which is why they came <laughs> up with Beltachica. Interesting. So they had to create a Sela stand-in because in the original novel, like Amaro and Sela got together. Okay. That was like that was like a whole thing. <clears throat> there was a pew blocket involved. <laughs> 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 like because Amaro's artistic. <laughs> so like so like Kai Shiden and the other guys were like, oh, well, you know, you got to get a lock of her hair. And if she really loves you, she'll give you a lock of her pube hair. <laughs> and so Amaro goes off and gets a lock of pube hair <laughs> from <laughs> Sela. <laughs> wow. That's in the novel, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit. So Okay. They basically say like, "Oh yeah, you know, on a the, it starts really bad, but then it gets good when it's just grim, dark robot fights." Um, so and child clones. <laughs> <laughs> so he has this sectioned out. Uh, so that was the prologue. He has a prologue for his review. Jesus uh, Christ, his or her? I guess I don't know if it's a she. There, uh, but I'm, I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm guessing it's a guy. Cause gender they're, they're gender neutral angry. language. There. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, their there's their first section is uh, part one brutal downgrades of old characters and what double Zeta does to Zeta. It's it's easy for some to look at the show and say the second half makes the show decent though the first half is bad and that only really works if the first half isn't insanely horrific and the second half is really really good. Neither is the case and the first half of the show is either <laughs> is either a doubt. The absolute worst this franchise has to offer, even now when comparing it to Twilight Axis and Seed Destiny. The, the thing is, at least those don't go out of their way to piss all over their predecessors. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of my favorite parts of Double Zeta is Bright trying to slap Judo and getting slapped back. Nice. And, <laughs> and Mr. Wong, because if you remember from Zeta, there's this guy, Mr. Wong, who runs, like, mm -hmm. the AUG on Luna uh -huh. and he beats the crap out of Camille and then tries to beat the crap out of Judah, but Judah beats the crap out of him. <laughs> nice. And yes. I was like, yeah, buddy, <laughs> like stand up for yourself, bro. <laughs> Say what you will about Zeta Gundam. You cannot deny some, the growth. Some of the characters had over time that makes it all the more infuriating when important characters such as Fa Yu Yui and Yazan Gable, Yazan Gable. Dude, Fa was a Fa was fucking annoying, and Yazan was fucking Agreed. psychopath. Yeah, uh, so they get nerfed ridiculously, losing two, and all around being completely outclassed by complete newbies like Judo Ashta earlier into the show. Fa became a competent pilot at the end of Zeta Gundam, and Yazan was one of the scariest, most formidable forces of that show too. 
to see them become bad pilots is aggravating and beyond nonsensical. Okay, so let me address this. So for Fa, she like okay, so Camille got Wasn't she, like extremely traumatized by the events yes. at the end of Zeta? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean at the end of Zeta, fucking everybody died. Yeah. You know, and Except Camille, for Camille got, who's a vegetable, which is even yeah, worse. He got he got literally mind raped. Yeah. And like his mind was burned out, and so Fa took care of him because they were like boyfriend girlfriend kind of thing going on, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, she says he's his girl. She's his girlfriend. Yeah, and so she takes care of Camille. That's why she's there doing that. And Yazan was in like the Hamrabi or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the after the final battle, Hammurabi. Is, yeah, Hamrabi. Because um, <laughs> because you know ancient Middle East, but um, yeah. he um, his like capsule got ejected and he was floating around in space for a long time and had brain damage from the lack of oxygen. Yeah. Like they mentioned that in double Zeta as to why he's kind of weird now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like this was like, watch the fucking show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is my favorite thing in uh, my anime list reviews. I- I've been reading quite a few of them recently uh, since I had this idea for Mecha madness and, uh, yeah, this is a very common thing is uh, someone complaining about something that's just like literally explained for you in the show. Yeah. <laughs> like all well, you have to do internet. is r- listen to what they're telling you and then it explains away your problem. I mean, it's um, the internet. Like you have yeah. that recent thing with ContraPoints and you have tons of people saying, well, I didn't watch the video, but <laughs> <laughs> even though she. I'm not going like, to comment on that because I did not watch the video. Uh, I did. So. It was great. um anyway okay so let's see hell the very second episode starts off with a middle finger as well note that i said second episode since episode one is a weird recap of 0079 and zeta with char asnable doing a mobile doing some mobile suit quiz for some reason (laughs) okay okay Uh, i know what this is this guy pirated it Yes, and got the the preview episode and thought yep. that was the first episode. <laughs> yep, that's literally what I did yesterday. Um, but I realized I did that, that it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't an actual that, first like, episode. <laughs> yeah, I did that ten years ago, but I I knew immediately that it wasn't the first episode and skipped it instead of watching the whole fucking thing like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he continues. It has apparently been two weeks since the end of Zeta and the beginning of Double Zeta, if what I was told was correct. Knowing that, how is Yazan still alive? To be honest, they didn't exactly make any fanfare of his supposed death in Zeta, but there was no way he could have survived the attack he was faced with that destroyed his Hambrabi. So that's what you were just talking about. Yeah, well, he did. (laughs) (laughs) And got brain damage. That was the whole thing. (laughs) So again, just didn't listen. Um, Yeah. Like, well, guy's an idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he he has a bunch more stuff where he complains about how the characters became downgraded. They they nerfed the characters. Oh, um, let's see. Part two is they nerfed irrit- the space rapist because <laughs> like, he literally like I think at one point says that like you know like get ready for rape or something like that or i'm going to rape you when he's like trying to destroy a suit in zeta wow like this is not a good guy <laughs> like yeah. it's kind of good that he's nerfed <laughs> he's a literal space fascist and insane 
All right, so part two, irritability of the humor, stupidity, and cast of the first 24 episodes. I thought he said 22 before. I thought 22 were bad. Now it's 24. I thought he said 20. Yeah. He can't decide. Um, all maybe, right. he, maybe he was stuck you know, in space for too long, and so he has brain damage from the lack of oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> Excluding the admittedly odd recap first episode. The series starts off dot 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 not half bad actually. Episode two is a decent enough episode, minus the bullshit I mentioned earlier. The humor that would characterize the rest of this anime was controlled and not horribly in our face just yet, especially when there was major consequence involved. Killing off even one of the minor Zeta characters parentheses Saigusa so early was risky and was risky though. We meet the new guys, and there is one hilarious reaction joke regarding Captain Bright connecting the dots about judo. Episode 3 doesn't start off half bad either, especially since the humor was still pretty funny. Then something happened. Mashimure appeared. Then we get the bad attempts of humor that dwarf the series. Repetitive as hell humor on top, on top for that. And the fact that it becomes basically a Saturday morning cartoon. This is Universal Century Gundam. I get that Tamino wanted to make sure this installment at least started lighter than the constantly heavy and unhappy Zeta, but it's like they went to the other extreme. What do you think about that, Josh? <laughs> Guy's a fucking moron. Like, Saigasa? <laughs> really? You're going to get pissed off about the central core character of Saigasa? <laughs> who was just a random guy on the bridge? <laughs> like... Uh, oh yeah. my god what a fucking moron see this is what gives weebs a bad name <laughs> yeah i really think he he just wants constant giant robot fights and... but you came to the wrong fucking series because gundam isn't just about giant robot fights it's about the characters yeah um okay so this is uh this is the part that really pissed me off <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm buckling up. I'm buckling so up. I'm, I'm buckling in my seatbelt. So now he's getting into the cast. So he says, the new cast is absolutely abysmal, and this will take quite a while to get through. <laughs> the the OD cast, I don't know what that's supposed to be. The, OG, the OD, OG, yeah. OG cast got fucked, and these new guys are among the worst new casts in the franchise. Let's stop, start to the top for this first half only. With Judo Ashta, he starts out completely insufferable. Imagine Camille Badan, but unjustifiable and more than willing to attack even those who aren't being assholes or otherwise what very harsh to him. Parentheses, <laughs> even resorting to attacking Fa when she slaps him for being a cunt to his sister in episode six. <laughs> oh my god! Wor- worse than Camille, who was like a whiny like fuck the whole time (laughs) he and his friends are total shitbags to each other though around the time he stupidly gets lena kidnapped by glemmy and soon after meeting play he actually becomes remotely tolerable and responsible so like he's mad that like a character is like not a nice person and that they grow later into like a, a better person well, and also, like, he, he's mad that he's upset his sister got kidnapped by a fucking space fascist with brain damage. Like, 
<laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Oh, and that is just... Uh, okay, so whoever wrote this is has a lot of problems they need to work through. <laughs> uh, predictably, they also did not like Darling in the Franks. <laughs> well, duh. Like, oh, my God. You know, they're like... They're talking about sex. I don't know what sex is, so <laughs> I'm upset that there aren't enough robot fights. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much more of this I want to read. Oh, like, go through it, man. I, like, I'm only. It. <laughs> I'm seriously not even halfway through this, and I've skipped like eight paragraphs. Let's do it and deconstruct <laughs> this fucking shit because this needs this needs to be countered. <laughs> All right, so continuing uh, the part about the cast. Um, still, the damage is insane. Too much to be easily rectified. The damage. The, the damage, damage of him not being a nice person. <laughs> the damage of judo being a street tough that's kind of relatable. Instead, yeah. <laughs> of, instead of an insanely autistic teenager. <laughs> He's a okay. So judo is a typical autistic, which I can relate yeah. to more because I am as well. <laughs> Versus just straight up autistic, like you know Camille. <laughs> uh, let's see. Bicha and Mondo start off as just the worst. They're cowardly, traitorous sellouts willing to actually kill judo over some cash. And they're just supposed to be seen as troublemaker friends and not complete and utter scum. Dude, fuck you. Mondo was great. <laughs> like, he had a redemption arc, especially after Moon Moon. Because he, he got I, with one of the princesses from Moon I still get the feeling that this guy would watch, like, The Sopranos and be like, this is a show about cool guys doing business yeah. <laughs> yeah well they're they're obviously legitimate businessmen <laughs> he'd watch Let's true see. detective and be upset like that they're upset that there's a serial killer <laughs> sherlock holmes is an asshole and he never gets any better this is a terrible character Wait, did, was that the actual review? Was Sherlock Holmes? Is a no, terrible... no, no. I'm just, I'm just pretending oh, okay. to be him. <laughs> See, this is the problem: is you can't tell. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Okay. Needless to say, I hated them, Beach, Beach, and Mondo, the most out of the entire group. Lino is basically this powerless, wimpy character and faint voice of reason, so he's basically just kind of there. Rue is the most tolerable. And attractive of the bunch, but is basically the lancer of the group, full of lancers, huh? Lancers? A, I don't know, lancer. <laughs> lancer. Is he yep. saying she's hot? Because, like, I mean, I agree, but like, what? Yeah, that was a little parenthetical oh. there. And attractive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and but she's basically also the... the lancer of the group, full of lancers. <laughs> Weird. Well, she's the adult of the group, which I enjoy. Gotcha. Uh, L is kind of a bad character who is really just the amalgamation of many of literally every other member of the group's traits. So, of course, she sucks. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I like L. Lastly, there's Lena. 
Judo's little sister, who is basically a damsel in distress and a nag. Of course she sucks, dot, dot, dot. Well, I will agree that she did get damseled quite a bit, but, like... I mean, I guess it's fine to have one damsel in distress. Not everyone's a fucking hero. Yeah, well, but also she's, like, she's Judo's centering character, you know? She... Yeah. She keeps him from being an idiot. Yeah. You know, she's like, go back to school, do your, go to school, work your job, do, do all this. We got to make things work. She's the voice of reason. So continuing, the antagonists don't fare much better. (laughs) Dude, you have no idea how much is left of this. (laughs) The antagonists don't fare much better, especially in the first half. I don't have to edit this. (laughs) (laughs) we start off with mashimare who is a complete pathetic tool and cartoon of a character i mean that's a cartoon (laughs) yeah he's a pathetic tool i mean uh he's a knight he's supposed to be a parody of you know a a chivalrous guy and uh he's also a villain of a of a cartoon okay this actually so, you know. this actually reminded me so in uh garen's greed because i'm sure he's gonna come up on the the junkyard guy eventually you remember the junkyard guy and like episode 10 or something who i didn't get that far oh okay so they get to this junkyard guy that has like a junkyard robot but in uh garen's greed there's actually an option to have a tim ray army like post brain damage Tim Ray where you have all these junk mobile suits that have super <laughs> high stats and just stomp all over everything. And one of the guys is, is the junkyard guy from like the first 10 episodes of Zeta or double Zeta. And they're um, led. They're I, led- I know who you're talking about the, the guy in the like weird six armed thing with the yeah. moving cockpit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that guy. That that guy and that was funny (laughs) you can pilot that guy while while fucking yeah this is the thing it's like you're taking this super seriously and while that scene is going on yazan is eating like a giant bone (laughs) like a cartoon bone with pork on it (laughs) like jesus fucking christ like parse shit (laughs) yeah uh let's see it's not a stretch to say that in the first half, especially, he is a one-dimensional Saturday morning villain who is all about chivalry for his lady in the most repetitive gags of the franchise. In the franchise, I don't think Saturday morning cartoon guys are like openly horny for people. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, well, and even anime people aren't openly horny for people most of the time. <laughs> yeah. But wait, who is he talking about? Is he talking about judo? No, Mashimare, or however you pronounce that. I never did catch how you Oh, the guy it. who was, like, horny for Rue? For, no, for Hamon. Oh, okay. Yeah, the main antagonist guy. Yeah, well... Do you know how to pronounce his name? Um, It's M-A-S-H-Y-M-R-E. Mashimara. Or Mashimara. Okay. Mashimara. Okay. Mashimara. Okay. That's that's a much better pronunciation. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, and then Haman gets horny for judo, <laughs> which is kind of creepy. But that is actually related to if you have read um, Char's deleted affair, she has the hots for Char, and Char isn't into her because he's in love with 
Lala still, which relates back to the whole kind of creepy thing with Char and younger women. Ugh, come on, Char. Get with someone your own age. Well, he did, and then she broke his brain, and that's how Char's car- counterattack <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think you actually talked about that uh, after I started recording, um, but I, I thought that was well, pretty interesting. Okay, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Char was either 19 or 21 when he was into Lala, and oh. Lala was like 16 17. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so well, for, and that's for me why... that's for me that's one more uh tick in the uh Zeon is space Nazis column. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they're not libertarians, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of overlap. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And they do declare independence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they shouldn't spa- they shouldn't pay space taxes, so i i will add uh one thing i forgot for the um like a real point for the zionr fascist thing is uh char who is a very important person in zion um in char's counterattack uh says that he wants to like instill discipline on the people of earth that was like part of his motivation was like to, to discipline them which is to me is very fascist his his dis- his motivation was contalism and errorism, which I already mentioned. Right. Um, and his approach to achieving that was to nuke the Earth and send it into a nuclear winter. Yeah. So that everybody <laughs> has to leave the Earth. <laughs> like that was his idea. Was like, oh well, I know how I can do this. I'll just drop a fucking asteroid on there. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we could say they're eco-fascists. Uh, you know what? Kind of, kind of, yeah. I don't know. I still don't. I still don't think Xeon is fully fascist, uh, because they aren't. They aren't related to a current concept of race. You know. Yeah, I mean, because like yeah. to them, it, to them, it's like a unique, noids. Yeah, like, it's like a uniquely Gundam concept of race. I would say. Yeah, it's more like nationalism but not tied to race. I mean, it sort of is because they have, yeah, I guess it is more nationalism, but there is the whole new type thing, which is, but, but I, that mean, is I think not, that's very similar to the Ubermensch thing. It is, but it's not dependent on race. Yeah. In our sense. True. Yeah. Cause like, that's kind of one of the jokes of Xeon in the Gundam universe. And even in double Zeta, you see that where like Zeon is much more diverse than the Federation <laughs> <laughs> because like Federation is like all white people, but Zeon has, you know, a lot of people of color in it. Yeah. That's and, true. and it's not seen as a big deal, but there is that Ubermensch aspect of the new type. Yeah. Because that is part of contolism is the idea that mankind will evolve in space and become a new type of mankind. Right. Um, well, there's, I mean, there's just way too much of this review left. And uh, I think, I think we've successfully skewered it uh, yeah. on just the parts that we read. I think 
I think we can start wrapping it up now. So, uh, let's see. In conclusion, I would say Gundam is a extremely diverse franchise. Uh, there's a lot of, I, I think, a lot of different genres uh, that are uh, yeah, captured by different series. You know, Victory's like a kind of post-apocalyptic, uh, or After War Gundam X, I mean, is a like kind of post-apocalyptic. You have Turn A Gundam, which is like a, you know, uh, steampunk action adventure. Uh, you have, yeah. you know, the original series, which are, you know, straight like military drama, uh, 0080, which is like a more, even more like military Bestic. drama, but human interest kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think there's like something for everyone in Gundam. Um, what, what would you say are your top three, um, Gundam series, Josh? Um, Ooh, that's tough. Um, I like Double Zeta, um, but I also like Unicorn and Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt, okay. I like a lot. You know, because yeah, I'm gonna really... uh, I'm gonna finish that one because yeah, it was really really exciting. It gets into the grim dark. Like the main like <laughs> captain is addicted to like heroin injections or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's a uh, he's a huge asshole too. No, her. The captain is a woman. Oh, captain. Okay. No, I'm thinking of the main main guy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The main pilot guy is a huge asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He totally is. Yeah. No. That was one of the... I I read a negative review of that show, and that was one of the complaints they had. Again, just like complaining that the main character isn't a nice person. (laughs) God forbid. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no. um, hmm. So Unicorn, Thunderbolt, and... What was the other one you said? I'd say I'd say 0080. Yeah. And of course yeah. the original series. Like I don't know. I don't do good with like top 3s, you know. Yeah, same. Um but, you know, it, it, no one's going to hold you to it. If you change well, your yeah. mind later, it's fine. <laughs> well, if I post this on MHQ, I'm going to get I'm going to get shit for it, but <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, I'll um I'll say mine uh 0080 is my top one um i've watched that more than any other gundam just because it's a lot easier to watch well and Um, i watch it like every winter (laughs) nice since i was like 14 when i had like vhs taped it off of uh off of (laughs) toonami oh nice yeah um let's see number two for me i think i think turn a is gonna be my number two um it's really weird uh, I like action adventure stuff. Um, I'm definitely going to get animated. back into it. Yeah, yeah, it's really nicely animated. Beautiful animation. Um, I love Lauren as a character. He's he's a really cool character. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then number three, um, I think uh, Thunderbolt might be it, but I haven't watched the whole thing. Um, you get it. Like uh, Right Stuff has like sales on on the yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I got the torrents for like every single Gundam series. I got a C box recently, so I just oh, been going okay. crazy. So you on a you on a what what is that website? Naya or Nyah? Nyah, yeah, yep, yeah, that's the one. Because <laughs> I actually downloaded it to stream, even though I already own it on Blu-ray. <clears throat> yeah, the double Zeta torrent ended up being messed up, so um, yeah, I I missed a little bit in the uh, like episode two and three were. Just, Dude, don't they you just showed the intro. <laughs> yeah. Don't you fucking hate that where it's like, because like my friend keeps uploading streams. Like I have a friend with a Plex server. 
and it keeps uploading streams for like the Mandalorian, and they're all bugged out. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? It's like, no, it's fine, man. It's fine. Works for me. Um, all right. I guess my number three is uh, Char's counterattack because I've seen that a bunch of times. It's really, really well done. You know, yeah. movies are always higher quality. I always terms of animation anyway. I always remember that dun 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 dun, dun <laughs> at the beginning. Um, and yeah, I I really like you know seeing kind of the characters from the original Gundam series have their stories wrapped up a little bit, you know, or yeah. continued at well, least. And okay, so all of these like Gundam Zeta Double Zeta Charge Counterattack were all part of the original novel. Um, oh, I thought Gundam was an original anime. It was a light novel first? No, it wasn't. They, he released the light novel because they couldn't do everything they wanted to with oh, with the okay. series. Okay. So between the series finishing and the movies happening, the movie compilations happening, he released a novel. My problem is that the novel was translated in like 91, so they didn't have the the Bandai approved names down yet. Oh, <laughs> so Char is Shaw S H A. And it's, it's kind of annoying, but yeah, um, eventually in those Char, uh, takes back his original name, Casval, and you have Casval's Neo Zeon after he kills Kaecilia. Okay. And that's where Char's counterattack came from. Essentially. Gotcha. Yeah, that's kind of the origin root of it. <clears throat> um, so I guess that's all I have. Um, Josh, thank you for uh, joining me to talk about Gundam. It was a lot of fun. No problem, man. You want to do uh, Votomes or uh, Macross, let me know. <laughs> yeah, um, I might end up adding uh, Macross because uh, totally forgot until today <laughs> that, yeah. uh, that it was a thing. And uh, I definitely watched it a lot when I was a kid, so I think I think I probably will do that. Robotech or Macross? Well, I watched Robotech, but <laughs> yeah, I also so did watched I. Macross. <laughs> but I also watched Macross. Yeah, I, I recently had the um, the DVD box set of Robotech that had like every single. Episode yeah, I have yeah. I have that on my shelf over here. Yeah, I had to make <clears> space, so I had to get rid of it, but. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, thanks a lot, Josh. Um, hopefully, we'll hear from you again for the Macross episode. And Votomes, dude, Torrent Votomes. Like, okay, I'll check it, it out. Is, it is fucking fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, uh, man. Do you have anything to plug? Yeah, it's a YouTuber called Jason Diathenry. I watch him. He does Let's Plays of Gundam games and knows tons of the lore pointed out and actually like translated a lot of stuff for like you know seed and double o speaking of games i i totally forgot uh about the existence of the games i would also recommend uh the ps2 game federation versus zeon or gundam (laughs) versus zeta gundam very very good gundam games Uh, that's ones i've played anyway I was watching 0083 last night and uh, it got towards the end and I remembered that level from uh, Encounters in Space. I was just like, <laughs> oh man, I love doing that demolition chain. 
<laughs> but he's he's he does like he has all of um the the main campaigns for um Garen's Greed. Mm-hmm. Which if you're like me and you grew up in the nineties, you heard about Garen's Greed and you're like, What is that thing? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which I have on PSP now. It's it's really fun, even though the computer totally cheeses everything. <laughs> yeah, and he only has like a thousand subscribers, so I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, mention him. Awesome. I will check him out myself. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Josh. No problem. And man. thanks to everyone for listening. Bye. Talk to you later, dude.